This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yes, good morning and welcome to The Garden Show on Zoomer Radio with Charlie Dobbin, aided and abetted by yours truly, Dean Holland. How are you this morning, Charlie? I'm great, Dean. Thank you for asking. How are you? I'm good. I'm freezing. It is just so cold outside. What are you talking about? <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, just so everybody knows, I I misled everybody. I had mentioned that this was going to be a rebroadcast today and next Saturday based on the fact that I was going to go on a holiday. Well, I, my holiday's been canceled, so we are live. We are We are not rebroadcasting, so we're here, we're live, and we want to hear from you. Absolutely. And to that end, I'm going to give out the phone numbers right now. And then if you have any announcements, I would be glad to hear them. Uh, But in Toronto, if you live, this is the number you need to call 416-360-0740 or anywhere in the province of Ontario outside Toronto. Use this number toll free 1-866-740-4740. And make sure you let Ashy know if uh, you are a first time caller, because then Ashy will let us know. And then I will give you your garden wings. And please call off and call early and one question per call. We would love that. And so um, now I'm excited today, Charlie. I am going to the uh, to the Orchid Show this afternoon. Oh, wow. That's yeah, I, so I, lucky. I have, I've never been. And I know that we've spoken about it. We had, of course, uh, we had uh, Terry Kennedy on the show. Uh, yes. Was it last week? Yeah, yes, it was last week. last week. My goodness. And so I'm so, looking forward to seeing that. And see, meeting her, she'll be there. She yeah. is an orchid expert. She also runs a company. Her and her husband fell in love with orchids to such an extent that they uh, in, started a company. And that is called Orchids in Our Tropics. So you will find them there with orchids for sale, lots of expertise, many, many vendors, beautiful displays, competition like crazy. Mm-hmm. You'll walk around seeing like ribbons that have been uh, assigned for different um, categories in the competitions. And the, the, I just, the first time I went, the fragrance, I think, is what knocked me off my really? feet oh, the most. Really? Because okay. you just don't think of orchids as being so fragrant. And no. yet, there it was unbelievable. You just walked in, it was like, just a, the, the nasal passages went, wow. And then the eyes went, wow. So, yeah. yeah I, had, I actually had not thought of that because I we do have an orchid here and i i don't think it's overly fragrant so i guess some are some aren't yes exactly exactly like i have a very fragrant one that is not currently in bloom but when it's in bloom it's uh it smells like um vanilla it's very oh. very sweet very beautiful oh very nice very nice now uh, do you have any announcements or should we uh... um i've mentioned them all before agent okay. court having their from bermuda uh 
meeting this February the 12th at 6 p.m. And of course, the Burlington Hort Society meeting on Valentine's Day with a Zoom visiting the gardens of Bangkok and Singapore. So that is going on. And then next weekend is a big weekend. It's Family Day weekend. CD Saturdays are happening. And we have a special guest next week. Yes, we do. Okay. Well, uh, give us a call if you have an indoor gardening question, an outdoor gardening question. You know, who knows? You can probably still go out and plant your garlic on this weekend. <laughs> like we'll, you, for example. Yeah, yeah, we'll be right back with much more on The Garden Show. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yes, indeed. We are back here on The Garden Show on this 10th of February. Holy camoly, the time is just speeding by. We are a third of the way through this month already. And, and we're uh, more than halfway through winter. Oh, Though yes, we are. It's so mild. It's, it's kind yeah. of hard to think of this as winter. You know what? I, I got to tell you, I went out this morning to move one of the vehicles out of the driveway so Gail could get out. And uh, it smelled, it didn't smell like winter. It smelled like spring. And I thought, oh, I'm getting a little bit of that spring fever already. But we've still got some time to go yet. This shouldn't be happening to me till March. Hold back. I'm going to give you yeah. some, some things to do to keep you busy when okay. you desperately want to get out in the garden. Sweet. Okay. And for the time being, I'm going to go to our first caller. We have Elizabeth on the line. And Elizabeth is calling from Scarborough. Welcome to the Garden Show, Elizabeth. Uh, good morning. Um, uh, several years ago, I was given something which is called an air plant. And they said uh, that uh, once a week, you immerse it in water for half an hour, and that's it. But nothing has happened to this, and I, I have it in a little glass. And uh, what happens to it? Does it grow? <laughs> what? <laughs> so so sorry for laughing but when you say in a little glass like it's in like a little jar like a little mini yeah. terrarium well, sort actually of thing? it's a um, a juice glass <laughs> oh so but you don't have yeah. water in there right no no okay good good yeah they call it um so do they grow they do grow they grow very very slowly we call them air plants because they live in the air <laughs> they um they don't have any real roots to speak of they are typically found in the rainforest or um places where remember last week we were talking about orchids and how orchids are not terrestrial plants they have roots that get so much from the air they're found up in crotches of trees etc and air plants or talansia as they're more properly called are the same they're they uh, float seeds and float through the air they land they they germinate they grow very slowly um so what you're doing make sure it's in a spot that's fairly bright these plants yes. do they, they are green they do photosynthesize so if you want growth you're going to have to make sure it's getting some light yeah. Right in a window is fine, as long as it's a north or an east window. If it's uh -huh. a south or west window, then just be, you know, five or ten feet away from the window so it's a nice bright spot. Uh -huh. uh, that's important. And, you know, regular room temperature should be fine. Um, the higher the humidity, the better. Winter is tough because humidity is not usually very high in our homes. So that's where that immersing in water comes from. So when you immerse... Make sure you don't dump the water, like let the water sit down in the little crotches of the leaves and then yeah. put it back in its location and let the, the water will evaporate. And um, yeah, I just usually get a mister and I just mist mine about every couple of days and let the water drip off just on the counter and then put put them back where they're, they're happy because it's all about humidity for them. Oh, okay. But, but 
<clears throat> so they they don't grow. I mean, this uh, they're they're sort of a, a center area, which is quite dense, and then um, leaves that or whatever they are. Mm. Yeah, they're <laughs> really maybe ancient. two inches uh, in length, but mm-hmm. um, it, it really hasn't changed. <laughs> well, maybe next time you do the immersion in water, make sure it's room temperature water. You might want to, because we are getting to that time of year, uh, mix up just an all-purpose fertilizer, like a 20-20-20 fertilizer in your room temperature water, in okay. a pail or whatever, and then immerse the plant. And I don't know if I'd leave it there for a whole half hour. I basically just want to get it wet and okay. then sit it out and let that water evaporate. And then maybe once it's dry, half an hour later, immerse it again. So you're doing a double immersion on it. And that li- do a, a low, when you're mixing in the fertilizer, err on the side of too little fertilizer rather than too much. So you've got a, a, a weak solution of fertilizer, and you may see that you'll see a little more action from it. Days are getting longer, and plants will respond to nutrient at this point. So do they ever get um, sort of uh, big so that they would be considered like a plant, like, uh, you know, say three or four inches in, in diameter? Yeah, slowly, slowly, over many, many years. What they will do if they're really happy is flower. They get little flowers on them, which are oh, very really? beautiful. It's like a little different kinds of flowers, but a stem will come out of the center, and then you'll get little bells or some little hanging flowers on that stem. So that's what that's optimally what they'll do for you. But yeah, they're fun, and you can't get lower maintenance than that. <laughs> okay, okay. Thanks, yeah. thanks, much. thanks so much for the call there, Elizabeth. Uh, we are going to take a quick break, uh, but we will be right back with much more on The Garden Show. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yes, indeed, we are back here on The Garden Show, and all of those flowers that we just heard in that little song, they're all coming up today because the temperature's so warm. Better not be. I've never seen you so... (laughs) Every time we're off the air, you go, oh my goodness, these temperatures. You know, and I guess it really, it really, like it's, it's... Well, you know, what's interesting to me is this, is that here we are in Ontario getting the warmest probably on record today. And what happened out on the East Coast last week? They got the biggest storm of the century where they got five feet of snow, which is also a record breaker of a century or more. So it's interesting, you know, how different, you know, our plights are right now because they couldn't dig out of all of that. I know. I sure didn't envy them with a chest high, wet snow. Yeah. I read somewhere it was like trying to move cinder blocks. I was like, yeah. You want to just go back in your house and let wait till it melts, you know, be one of those, like, where do I start? Yeah, and then some of the complications that we were hearing was because everybody was locked in, there were, uh, you know, in some cases, elderly people that needed to get get medication. And the gentleman was saying, like, for two days, I've been trying to just take out to the road. People were posting signs, handwritten signs out saying, please plow. Like, I mean, they can't dig out. Yeah. yeah, no, no. It's yeah, crazy and and scary too. Like I always think, you know, what if I was pregnant, went into labor during that kind of a snowstorm? Like, what would you do? But um, yeah, it's it it's interesting across the country. It's been an interesting uh, bunch of climate uh, experiences or you know weather experiences because you know climate is the is the average of many many years of data. Weather is what we're experiencing this moment. 
So right. our weather here versus the weather in Halifax or Vancouver is that's the weather. And um, yes, the, the weather this past few days and even few months in southern Ontario has been extremely mild. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. Okay, let's go to our next caller. We have uh, Teresa. And Teresa is calling from Mississauga. Welcome to the Garden Show, Teresa. Good morning, Charlie. Good morning, Dean. I have a story about my amaryllis plant I'd like to share with you. Sure. That, uh, in December, I approached myself two plants, and they bloomed for me really, really beautiful. Loved them. And then uh, it came to an end in January, and uh, the previous years I decided to throw them out. But this year I said, no, I'm going to try something. I peeled off all the wax. Oh, they're the ones that you don't water, you know, that they're wax. Oh, right. I peeled off all the wax, and uh, at the bottom I cut off the extra wax, and I planted them. I said, well, what have I got to lose? I'll give it a try. I planted Mm -hmm. them, and um, this was since... Uh, Mid-January, I purchased a plant light to give him some four or five hours of uh, uh, sunlight because we had absolutely no sun during January. And now, Charlie, one of my Mm. plants has um, nine leaves. One is 25 inches long. And my other plant has a double flower flowering. Sweet. Lovely. Good for you. Yes. I like it. I like it you didn't just toss that poor little waxed amaryllis that was, you know, encased in wax by some horrible person. You know, (laughs) and then say goodbye. I said, well, I'm not going to say goodbye. I'm going to do something. (laughs) Well, and and so what you're doing is great. And they are planted, as you said. So enjoy them as houseplants because that's what they're going to be. After flowers, lots of green leaves. Like you said, big, long green leaves. Enjoy them all spring. Continue to enjoy them all summer. If you can put them outside, you you may once we're frost free or leave them in the house. Make sure you just care for them like you would a houseplant. And then we'll talk more about amaryllis come September because that's when we change up our behavior with our amaryllis and we force them to go to sleep for a couple of weeks. But uh, for now, you know, light, water, a little bit of love and you're doing great. Yeah, I and Teresa, you did better than I did because all know. I got is leaves from mine. I have no flower stem at all. Yeah, so maybe, I'm hoping it'll just year. survive right through. Maybe have my uh, flowers in December, maybe. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's what we're striving for is more yeah. flowers okay. next year because they, they will only bloom once a year. Right. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. Okay. I'd like to, um, yeah. Yeah, well, thank you very much for that good M1. news Amarillo story. Love it. Thanks for the call, <laughs> Teresa. <laughs> okay, let's go to our next caller. We have um, we have Jean on the line, and Jean is calling from Newmarket. Welcome to the Garden Show, Jean. Thank you both, Charlie. This is your number one fan. I'm going to call. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> I'm going to also talk about amaryllis. Um, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll do that. Um, I want to know how to force. I would like it to bloom at Christmas, and it is. Mm. We dug it out misplaced it dug it out in november and it's beautiful it's got about six huge leaves and we now see four distinct uh flowers coming out i am so shocked but um i don't want it for valentine's day how do i push it to do it for christmas when i want it oh my oh my goodness so yes you want to turn this into like a properly behaved mamarillas and do what it's told 
I'm a retired only, teacher. What do you expect? <laughs> well, well, yeah, basically it, you, it needs roughly 12 weeks of downtime. So oh. assume that uh, it's going to take two weeks to wake up and 12 weeks of down. So you've got 14 weeks. So count 14 back from Christmas. Okay. Okay. And that's when you put it into the dark. So that might be July. I'm not sure. I'd have to count backwards. Uh, right. Instead of waiting, I usually wait till the end of August, early September. Sometimes I even wait a little longer just to give them a little bit of a cool experience as the day the nights are getting cooler in September. I like mm-hmm. to leave them out. I basically just work with uh, what's going on outside and, and keep them out. Uh, days are getting shorter. They're slowing right down. Get a couple of cool nights and then into the basement they go. And I didn't have any blooming exactly on Christmas. Mine were just after. Great. I've watched them all summer. I didn't put, well, just one. I didn't put it outside because I don't want any critters coming in. So I watched mm. the, bu- the bulb get fatter like you told me it would. Yeah, exactly. Uh, thank you. Thank you very right. much. Yeah, Let thanks, Jean. Take care. <laughs> I, I am sitting here in the studio feeling green with envy <laughs> uh, I, yeah I don't know mine as I said mine's just leaves but I'm okay with that I just feel like it's still alive and it's gonna you know it's gonna photosynthesize and do its thing and then Fatten next up, right you're yeah. fattening it up right now so it's just yeah. gonna be that much bigger and better the bigger the bulb the better the chances it will flower also okay. the bigger the flowers so we like big bulbs and and so even if you're getting green leaves that's fine it's nothing wrong with that and do fertilize every now and then don't okay. just give them water every month or so give them fertilizer in the water fertilizer okay uh, and one last question about the amaryllis just because it came up in that in that last call um would you recommend is it better for them to go outside i know there is that risk that you can bring things in but is it ultimately better does it maybe really not matter i think it's better because you're having the um, humidity that's outside in the summer so you're getting the natural conditions of the outdoor world inside our homes most many of us have air conditioning so it's cool it's drier uh there's you know the the vents are blowing that sort of thing uh we're watering with tap water whereas outside you've got rainwater, which is always the best you've got the natural sun without the uv protection on the windows and then you've also got at the natural humidity. So you're right, though. You do always run the risk that, you know, an earwig or two has climbed in or or some little creature has climbed in. Um, my amaryllis were getting chewed up last fall by a um, little larva called um, fuzzy bears, the, you yep. know, the little brown and black stripes, really furry little yeah. caterpillars. Yeah. They were going to town on my amaryllis. They just oh. thought they were the best. They were just chewing them up like crazy, uh, you know, enjoying the leaves. So I eventually, you know, cleaned up all the, the little larvae little caterpillars before I brought them in. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, we have another call on the line. We're going to go to Sharon. Uh, sorry, uh, Maria. We're going to go to Maria on the line. Hi. Uh, Maria. Yeah, from Toronto. Welcome to the Garden Show, Mar- uh, Maria. Thank you very much. Hi. I'm listening to your show almost every Saturday. Now I'm going to change the subject, and I have a hibiscus. That's a three bush, whatever. When is the best time to trim? I did cut, trim it last year in the spring, and I didn't have a flower until fall. Mm. Can I okay. do it now and how so much? You, no, it's a good question, and it's a good time to ask this question, too. So um, t- uh, three different, when you say three bush, it's probably three, is it three different colors, like a red, yellow, pink, the all orange, in one it's pot? It's gorgeous. When it blooms, I, excuse me, a little 
pleasure of looking at it, but it's not blooming anymore because I think I have a lot of new shoots. Sure. But, and it's so, nice green and losing leaves, so I just pick them up as they go yellow. But mm-hmm. when should I... Okay. So here's what you want you want to do. For now, it's in the house. It should be in the brightest, sunniest window you have, mm-hmm. preferably a southern window. Well, I have it in the window because uh, it is a lot of lights, and it used to bloom. But uh, like I say, I okay. trimmed it in no, the spring, and it didn't so, bloom at all summer. So yeah, I usually no, no I'm just going to uh, give you – I'm just going to tell you what the things are you need and – how to encourage it to flower mm-hmm. um that sometimes happens where hibiscus go green you know green 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 all spring and summer and then pop into huge blooms in august that does happen sometimes so how to avoid that is make sure it's in bright light now make sure you only water it when it's dry wait till the leaves uh, almost get a little tiny bit limp between watering so thorough okay. thorough watering Till the water comes out the bottom of the pot, but let those leaves get a tiny bit limp in between watering. So that's make sure there's no drafts, no hot air vents blowing on it. Okay. Get out your pruners and do you can do your pruning today if you wish, or you can wait and do it anytime in the next few weeks. But you do need to do the pruning in within the next two weeks, and you're going to prune this plant back quite hard. You're going to take up to a third off of the plant uh, and cut, you know, just cut away. You can keep the tips. You can grow more plants with those tip cuttings. And yes, indeed, a few leaves will drop. Old leaves do drop. That's very normal. But new growth will come after the pruning. And you will also start a um, a routine of fertilizing every single month with a Mm -hmm. flowering plant fertilizer. So something that will encourage flowers. It will be a low nitrogen, high middle number fertilizer. And that will encourage blooms. And again, just water when the plant is gone quite dry, water thoroughly. And you should have blooms well before September. <laughs> well, that's what it was. You know, like I thought it should be blooming now, but it doesn't. So excessively pruning, I really give them yeah. a kick. <laughs> Prune it hard. And don't, it, it normally, it, it can only bloom now if you had tropical light in your house. Mm-hmm. So, yes. You do, if you had some lighting, some supplemental grow lights on this plant, it could be blooming in your house. But with our light levels as they are in Ontario, uh, you will not typically have hibiscus bloom at this time of year. It's it, They do bloom. If you and I hopped a plane and headed down to the Dominican Republic, they would oh, yeah. be blooming right now there. But they're not blooming here because we just don't have the light levels high enough. As soon as the days get longer and brighter, absolutely, blooms should form. Yeah. Okay, thank you so much. Thank now you. I'm I'm confident to go and, and cut. Fantastic. Thank you. Have a great thank you so much for the call, Maria. We appreciate it a lot. Yes, it is uh, the numbers to call 416-360-0740 or 1-866-740-4740. Let's go to our next caller. We have Sharon on the line. She's calling from West Lorne. Welcome to the Garden Show, Sharon. Thank you. I called last week. Um, and it was about holly uh, berries and that, too, about planting. I had to get up and go to the door. Somebody was at the door, and I missed part of what uh, uh, Charlie had told me, how to put the berries in the fridge and whatever and that, too. Now, are are they just supposed to? I I cracked some of them, and I couldn't find any seeds inside. Um oh. 
and uh, you, you told me to put them in the um, fridge and that too and in cold water. Now, is that just moist, like putting them between a uh, paper towel and keep them moist that way? Or, okay, so um, he, yeah, well, so that's weird. So you, you opened up the berries, which are probably I, quite shriveled and wrinkled now, they, right? They are, they were, yeah, but there's not, there, I've done them two or three of them, and I didn't, couldn't see any, I mean, they must be very tiny. I think they are. Okay, so what you want to do is get some sterile potting mix, uh, just not a lot. You need like a cup of you know, clean, never been grown in, you know, fresh out of a bag, sterile, uh, soilless potting mix. It'll be peat moss based. It'll have a bit of vermiculite in it, that sort of thing. You're going to yeah. moisten that so that it's like the um, the amount of moistness as a, a wrung out sponge. And that'll you'll put that in the bag. You're going to take those holly wrinkled up berries. There there may or may not be life in them. I probably not just because they've they've dried to such an extent. Yeah. Um, just with your fingers, you know, open the bag, open the, the soil, you know, sort of in the palm of your hand, crinkle up those holly berries, drop everything into the bag, whatever's in those berries, but do break them up in the process. Drop them into the bag, into the soil, close the soil over top, zip up the bag, Stick it in your vegetable crisper and forget about them. <laughs> they are going to be there for a long time. You're going to check uh, every month or so. Eventually, something might, the seeds may grow. If they don't, it's because the seeds were not viable any longer. It can, believe it or not, take up to two to three years for the seeds to germinate, even if they were viable. Uh, but they do need the cold, the cool of your refrigerator. They need the moisture of that soil in order to grow. Okay, okay. So it's, it's, okay. it's just the um, um, uh, soil and whatever and that too that should be kept moist. In the well, fridge. if it's in a Ziploc bag, it will stay moist. Yes, okay. Fine. And you'll you just look. You'll be able to see you through again, the bag. If they okay. start to grow, you will see them growing through the bag. But you know, and if you're really keen next year, or find somebody you know who's growing holly, and when it's fruiting, when you get fresh little berries next September, October on a holly bush, at that point, pick some berries and then do this same thing. I see. I see. Okay. Well, thank okay. you very much, and have a good day, yes, and have a happy Valentine's Day. You Thank, you Thank, you. Thank you very That's right. Happy Valentine's. Yeah. And just a quick reminder, Dean, yeah. I know you're probably thinking this too, but for people that have missed an answer or missed a show or want to re-listen or, you know, just want some company when they're sitting, looking out the window, you can always, always listen to the garden show. There are years and years and years of garden shows. Go If you go to Zoomer Radio, one word, Zoomer Radio dot C-A slash podcasts slash The Garden Show. You and you can listen anytime you want. Indeed. And if you ever have uh, something that you want to ask Charlie that is more picture-related, more photograph, then the best thing to do is to send her uh, an email at c.dobbin at mzmedia.com. And that's a great way, because sometimes it's really difficult to describe what you're seeing. Uh, and you and sometimes a picture really does help. A picture can be worth a thousand words, yes? Yes. 
Okay. And I share my emails with Dean in case anybody's interested. So be polite. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, no, nothing slanderous. <laughs> okay. Okay. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be back with more on The Garden Show. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yes, this is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, and the numbers to call us, 416-360-0740 or one 866 740 We are going to go to our next caller, uh, Charlie. We've got Tony on the line from Etobicoke. Welcome to The Garden Show, Tony. Thank you for taking my call. Oh, I have a black currant bush. It's about uh, four years old. It's about four feet tall, but I never get any fruit from it. Hmm. Have you ever pruned it? No. Okay, so there's your job with all this mild weather we're having, unless it means pruning will have you out walking in the garden, which you don't want to do yet. But uh, black currants should be pruned in late winter or early spring, mm. and your best fruit is produced on last year's growth, so one-year-old shoots. So you want to go in there and... Um, uh, keep a, a, about 10 or 12 of last year's growth, and uh, and you're going to cut back the rest. Um, it's just, if you haven't pruned at all, then um, you really are going to have to do a bit of a, a serious cutting back of the older wood right down to ground level. Okay. So just go okay. right around the whole bush and trim it all well, off? Well, look, look closely at it. You're going to know which ones are the older branches yeah. based on the size and the amount of bark on them. Okay. So it's the older, thicker um, branches that, if they're emerging from the bottom of the plant, do need to be cut off at ground level. And you yeah. want to encourage younger growth, and it's the younger growth that will set your berries. So you have to do this every year, right? Eh? You do. Yeah. That's the thing about fruit trees and berry bushes. They are, they do take maintenance, and pruning is one of the big jobs in order to maximize your, your harvest anyway. I get a gooseberry bush. I got to do the same thing with it, I guess, eh? I guess, yep. Yeah? <laughs> yes. Okay, yep. thank yes. you very much. That, oh, You're thank very you. welcome. Yeah. I, no, I, I have to, I, go ahead. I was just going to say, they do bloom in the spring, currants and yeah. gooseberries. So they've got those little flower buds set yep. now. Um, this is the part when we get a late frost, a severe frost. That's sometimes when we lose the, the fruit because the little blossoms get frosted off oh. if it's a late frost. And that happens, you're in Collingwood, apple country. So yes. when, sometimes you'll get a, a severe, severe meaning like five below zero or colder when the flowers have started to either open or are swelling and ready to go and they'll just get knocked off by that severe frost and of course with no flowers you get no fruit that year gotcha i have to admit when tony was saying he was asking if you had to go all the way around and do it and he reminded me of that song uh here we prune round the black currant bush the black currant bush the black <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I, th I guess you know everything is so uh specific i was actually quite surprised mm -hmm. in that call that you said to prune in late winter that surprised me yeah, because yeah. i i think uh, i don't think of pruning being a late winter thing oh um, yeah it is with the with the uh, fruits the berries so okay. i um 
I might even do it today. I have a crab apple that needs some cleaning up and this weather is absolutely perfect. It's dry, it's sunny, it's yep. mild, like good for me, mild. And, yep. uh, and you know, sharpen my tools up and get out there and do some pruning on a crab apple or any of your fruit or berry bushes. This weather is optimal. Right. And I recall from you saying this many times before that dry is very important. Yeah. 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 Because we're wounding. When we prune, we cause wounds. We want those wounds to heal as quickly as possible. So we want clean cuts with sharp tools. Yep. We want to make sure our cuts are not parallel to the ground where they're going to catch rainwater or dew, always a little bit of a slant. And uh, we also, if it's a dry day, we'll find that the, the wounds will will seal up. It's like a scab, yes. right? It's, it's like, like a scab. Yeah. I was yeah, going to say, if you, if you kept your bleed. finger wet after a cut, it would not yeah. scab up. So it stands to reason. Yeah, so it's sure. a drying it up to dry to help it, it heal. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, we have Gene back on the line. We love Gene because Gene followed the rules. Gene, follow the rules. <laughs> call often, call early. And one question per call. I am like, you're my one of my, you're my favorite caller today, Gene. Welcome back. To the <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Charlie, I have a spider plant that loves you. I, oh, during nice. COVID, <laughs> I had two of them and they were pretty miserable. And listening to your show, I put them together in one pot, and I have wonderful baby. Um, what do you call them? Like the spider the baby spiders, yeah. Baby spiders. Now or I pups. Cut, Some people call them pups. A pup. Oh, I like baby like spiders. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, I cut them and I left about an inch of the uh, thing that they were hanging on, and I took mm. them to a, a meeting, uh, twenty of them, and I gave them all away, of course, and mm. I advertised your show. And people oh, nice. are taking it down. And so now I still have probably 20 more. But the one, the 20 I took had visible um, roots coming out. I thought, okay, these will grow. Now these mm. just have stubs. Can, mm. Are they ready to be given away? They're quite um, green. You'd be amazed. You can cut those off. And then basically a moist pot of soil, so moist soil in a pot, and then you just make a little divot of a hole with the end of a pencil, and you jam that little tip, bottom tip of that baby spider plant oh. into that hole with no roots. Just jam it down a quarter of an inch, basically. Oh. Firm the soil around the base of the plant and let it be. And if you just leave it, don't touch it, don't fool around with it, put it in a sunny spot, turn it in the window once a week, 180 degrees, it will grow roots. It's they're very, very good that way. It did because oh. I did that once, and I was shocked that it actually worked. Um, the other thing, does, is, yeah. ha, pardon? Yeah, they, they're very, very easy to grow. They're great plants. How do I split it? Now I put two together, and I don't want to lose this, the mother plant, if you will. But I'd mm -hmm. like to bring it back to two plants, please. Okay, so you're going to get a piece of newspaper, you're going to dump everything onto the newspaper uh, from the pot, and with your fingers, you're going to loosely grab each plant and gently pull them apart. And you're going to find that they are, the roots will be a little bit intertwined, but with a gentle sort of teasing, you can pull them into two separate plants. There sh there'll be roots attached to each of those plants, and you'll have pots ready to go with some moist, fresh soil, and you'll get them back into their own pots. Trim any roots when you're doing that that are not white or clean and clear if they're brown and black and ugly. Trim them off. Only keep nice, fresh, living roots. And then back into some fresh soil, back into pots and into the sun. Thank you. When? What time of year? 
You can do it this afternoon. Woohoo! Well, goodbye. Thank you, Charlie. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, I mean, we, we're we all getting a bit desperate, I think, because the weather is making us want to get out and do some gardening. Yeah. So, yes, doing some houseplant care now is a perfect. It's a great time to do it. Um, days are visibly longer. And so plants will certainly rise to the challenge of new roots, new growth, new flowers, any of it, with some starter fertilizing, if you wish. I mean, you can you can wait. You can wait till March to do all this, but uh, either now, if you're desperate to get going, or start March, but do that houseplant care, the propagating, the cutting, the pruning, the taking cuttings, the fertilizing, all of that. Okay, wonderful. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we'll have a new caller here on The Garden Show. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yes, indeed, we are back here on the Garden Show, and uh, Charlie, I got to tell you, uh, one of your. Well, first of all, I have a question mm. uh, because when uh, uh, it was Gene, right, they called about the spider plants. Yes, and uh, then combining what you told Sharon about the holly, and I was wondering, you know, here Gene is desperate to give away these spider plants. <laughs> I'm wondering if she could like pop one in a bag and then put it in the mail and just send it to me. So would that would it make it? Do you think it might? Yeah, yeah, it might. Yeah. Depends whether Canada Post is asleep at the wheel or not. Right. <laughs> uh, generally, over like a day yeah. or two in a bag wouldn't hurt it. it yeah. Freezing could kill it. So depending again oh, okay. how if Where? how long it sits in. Do you have one of those external mailboxes down at yeah. the corner? Yeah. yeah, I have to be sitting there waiting. Yeah. So I mean, it would have to be bubble wrapped. Yeah. Uh, which would help sur- it survive. But no, live plant material is shipped all the time. Usually it's dormant. So yep. you'll get dormant bulbs like begonias and dahlias and all that shipped to homeowners not yet though the the suppliers know it's too early plus the weather is unpredictable so i mean even roses you can order them from the uk or from um you know some of the the growers and they will ship you dormant roses so these are bare root roses Hmm. in a plastic bag in a box and um and i've had yeah annual flowers shipped to me so but that's once we're frost free or later in the season when the the chance of of death by cold temperatures is less gotcha i was very very fast i mean truly very fascinated when you said that those holly bears could take up to three years in that kind of atmosphere i i wouldn't have had any idea i would have given up after six months let alone three years Exactly. Oh, yeah, I, I hear you. I mean, I remember a long, long time ago, I, you know, just wanting to challenge myself, bought some cactus seeds and decided I wanted to grow cactus from, mm-hmm. from seed. Well, I'll tell you, uh, after about two years, I gave up. <laughs> it was like, now, whether I failed at providing the right conditions, but yeah. there's no question, cactus seeds do need specific conditions, and they can take a very long time to germinate. Wow. Well, and and I must tell you that you brought back a memory. You both, you and Sharon, when you were talking about that bag that you could maybe see the roots through. I think one of the one of the earliest uh, school projects that I did, and this was nursery school. This was pre kindergarten even. Wow. And I remember that in kindergarten we we had these jars, and we they stuck a stuck a like a cylinder of colored paper, and then they put soil in the middle, and then they put beans around the edge, mm-hmm. and then they watered it. And I think that then you could see the roots growing down we could then see the roots outside the glass i remember that project very clearly as a kid that's going back 50 years 
I know, and it's still a great project, even you know for college students, because it's so clearly obvious that the roots go down, the stems go up, yeah. and what happens to the seed? How the seed breaks it itself open? Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's that's biology and botany happening right in front of you. It's uh, and, but there's some amazing time lapse photography now too on the web. So I think, do they do it in in the jar? Or do they just show them on the screen? I don't know. Right, so you know exactly the uh, project that I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Gotcha. Hey, I, I taught horticulture, too, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we had, uh, let me see here. We, we had somebody that wrote you about um, aloe vera. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see here. I'm just trying to call this up here. Da, 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 da. Well, you're calling that up. Let me remind everybody that the yeah. Southern Ontario Orchid Society event, the big annual event, is this weekend. And you'll be going there today, this afternoon, Dean. It's also, it's on today, 12 till 5 at the Toronto Botanical Gardens, obviously in Toronto at Leslie and Lawrence. Open again tomorrow from 11 until 4. Uh, certainly, if you want to hang out with a bunch of orchid crazy people it's the place to be uh lots of people taking photographs lots of great just orchids you've never seen and they'll be the best right the the displays are very very beautiful of blooming orchids so a, a very beautiful place to be on a pretty beautiful day so that's just a suggestion for me yeah I'm, I'm really i have no idea what to expect again i was surprised when you said earlier that the smell was what uh, you know because i i don't think i've ever had an orchid that has that fragrant of a smell they've uh, just been you know the look for me so you well i'm glad you're going to the show because you're going to smell and see orchids like that you've never seen before including little tiny tiny miniatures like which i love i love miniature anything yeah <laughs> and next week let's talk a little bit about next week next uh, week we have a special, special guest on next yep, week right? paul oliver everybody's familiar with paul oliver he's the guy who started the urban nature store and does he know about nature and does he know about the urban environment yes indeed he lives in urban toronto and he feeds birds and he um, you know, is is right on top of the squirrel issues and all of that. But I really wanted to get Paul to come in and talk to us a bit about what's happening with the bird. What, what are the birds doing with this warm, warm weather? I mean, around me is all open water. The Nothing is frozen in terms yep. of lakes and ponds and the Great Lakes, obviously. So I'm seeing swans like close to my house right now. Normally the swans are are tucked away somewhere, you know, far from from me because it's usually icy and cold and frozen solid, but no, they're they're out and about being busy and I'm I've been hearing robins. I haven't seen them yet, but I've been hearing robins and I'm just wondering like what's going to happen? Are we going to get an early nesting or are the birds smart enough to to keep it keep it and hold on to it for another month or so? Yeah, well, the the timing couldn't be better because, of course, next weekend is also the worldwide bird count as well. So it'll be fun to have Paul on next week during that. Yeah, week. for people that want to get or uh, interest, get involved in that bird count one word dot org starts on Thursday next Thursday. So very very worthwhile website and uh, event, and it's Family Day next weekend. So there you go, pull the family together. Get out there counting birds and listen in next Saturday to The Garden Show. And we'll talk plants, but we'll talk birds, too. Thank you, Dean. Thank Thank you. Thanks to the callers. See you again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. 
Idea City on the Air and The Garden Show.